Hello and welcome to the 73rd roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu. I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation and scripts and such, paid media, and my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. That's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So yeah, if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media, implementing scripts, or even cutting your spends on your data analysis tools, just send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. So in this episode, we've got Julie Bicini leading us on a topic of successes and failures. And um, yeah, to just um, reiterate that, just talking about our best successes and worst failures today. So yeah, should be a good one. And um, I definitely think it's just important to like review these kind of things. Sometimes we can talk about just everything that has gone wrong, times we've, you know, messed up CPCs or CPAs, put the, you know, wrong ad copy lines, send people to the wrong um, landing pages. But sometimes it's also good to talk about um, our things that have gone right, our successes and, you know, and the things that we actually are proud of. And even talking about this, it just helps each other to build each other up. I actually know, like, you know, mistakes to look out for so that, you know, you don't make them yourselves. So let's check out some of the interesting stories we are going to have. So um, Julie starts off with what is a PPC success story that you're really proud of? For me, I love automation, as I've said in my introduction, as I say every week. So for me, it's having that script that allowed me to do budget management and um, not have our our client's budget get spent, you know, by the two times 100, you know, sorry, up to like 100% more than what our campaign budget is. So yeah, we implemented this script and it really worked like a treat and we always knew that we'd always been within budget and it was something that the client used to complain about, but not anymore. So Steve Gibson replies to question one saying, I took over eight-year-old accounts that had been managed by two big agencies and increased profits 643% in seven months, also beat a very big name CRO agency seven out of seven in, um, seven out of seven in web page split tests for same client. Now, now, that's a very nice story. Julie replies saying, one of my favorites was taking a struggling service business who was competing against a behemoth and getting them so many leads, we had to scale back our efforts from time to time because they couldn't handle the volume. Yes, I love those kind of stories as well. I've had the same experience where the client had to stop a lot of activity because we were sending them too many leads. So yeah, watch out for that. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Julia Vice, it rhymes with eyes, saying beyond meat. I've never done anything like that before. Um, sorry, beyond neat, I imagine she meant even. I've never done anything like that before. And the store visits, videos, and the follow-up app campaigns across so many platforms was just great. I learned so much, and I feel like we accomplished so much. Julie goes straight into question two, saying, did you do anything that might be considered unusual or against best best practice in the process of achieving that success um john kagan replies to question one though going um i brought a pharma brand from non-existence to number two in the space almost solely through search nice one uh, we've got um ryan bennion replying to question one saying i love proving that ppc is a channel you should invest in it seems i always start with a small budget hit the goals they want us to hit and then we continue increasing the budget conversions are like um 
an IG influencer getting like this just gets me hyped every time. Julia Vice replies to question two saying, well, because we are aiming for store visits rather than web conversions, we did lots of per content promotion, sorry, lots of PR content promotion in our PPC campaigns and we didn't really aim at bid targets or CPA. It was pure volume. Amanda K replies to question two saying I had success with a non-Google smart bidding tool. Shh, don't tell the Googs. I know I had this very interesting story of when um, we, our client was having um, a Google call um, and my uh, one of my colleagues wanted to mention um, a call tracking tool from a third party tool and I told my colleague, Maybe we don't when maybe we don't talk about it when we're actually chatting Google to Google and Google can't really integrate this tool very well. We'll talk about that with the clients on another call. And then John Kagan replies to question two, saying, um, had to extensively research farmer rules of advertising to conquest a competitor's name with a brand ad to ensure it doesn't fall outside of FDA compliance. Yeah, sometimes you, we need to go that extra mile to make sure you're doing the right thing for your clients. Steve Gibson replies to question two, saying, oh yeah, but that's normal for me. I'm not a PPC guy. I'm a direct marketing guy who specializes in PPC. So I always do things differently spam see my upcoming books for details etc <laughs> so yeah he kind of opened um that sentence and closed it with like open spam and close spam <laughs> like kind of coding um text there um julie bettini replies to question um julie bettini gives us question three even saying did you face any pushback during the process of getting to the successful point on that account if so how did you handle it so yeah trying to get to the stage where we're actually successfully you know, spending the campaign's budget um, regularly. We had some spikes, ups and down that made the client very, a little bit impatient with us. But when we fixed it, fixed it, they knew that they were in good hands. Um, so yeah, Julia Vice replies to question three saying, I did on a different project. I handled it with a standard business case. Here's what I want to do. Here's why. Here are the parameters. Here's what we'll do if it doesn't work after X amount of time. That's some good testing parameters there. Julia replies to question two, actually saying, I miss the days when you could more specifically target for smaller geo campaigns with terms and targeting, which is what we did. Broadening of targeting in general and the way things match low search volume has not been an improvement for locally focused biz. And yeah, Julia Vice replies, replies to that saying, I hear that. I had a very good um, result from hyper-local campaigns, ad copies, zip codes, exclusions. The thinking about plus astral travel to your location change is not helpful. Julie Bettini replies, no, it's not. I think a blind spot for Google is that truly local businesses don't need expanded reach. There's literally a certain radius from within their customers will travel to them. Sorry. There's literally a certain radius from within their customers will travel to them, period. Um, and then Julia continues saying all oh, that they can travel to. It's not just a matter of delivery area they can handle. Sometimes it's zone. Zones, they're regulated um, in terms of taxis, airports, airports, sorry, taxis and airports even. Um, and so, yeah, we've got um, Julia replying to question three as well, saying, I didn't get pushback from this client. I sometimes do, of course. And when I do, I will explain in plain language what we are trying to achieve with the strategy on the table and how we think it will happen, what we will measure, duration, etc. Matt Valencourt replies to question three, going, um, client, 
Why aren't we in top position for favorite keywords? Me. Here's the performance data for favorite keywords versus successful keywords. Client. Oh, data is the great equalizer. I love that kind of <laughs> narrative there between, between client and, um, yeah, the person, the PPC person trying to prove that just doing things the way they want to do it is not always the best way. Steve Gibson replies to question three saying, when they hire the big name CRO company, they wouldn't let me split test some of the funnel pages because that other company had free reign. Then when that company failed to deliver, split testing grounds to a halt for six plus months. So I had a new version of homepage. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Julie Puccini replying to um, Matt's um, answer about, yeah, the, his um, narrative of between him and the client saying, very true, also works for the idea. They just can't let go of what you know won't work, but have to try anyway to be able to move on. And sometimes it's just worth giving the client what they want and testing it against what could be what you will still think is the best performance, but then definitely let the data show what good performance is. Ryan Benion replies to question two saying, not bidding on brand terms when there is no competition. We will spend a small budget on brand terms and because a brand ranks well for organic and nobody is bidding against us, we don't need to bid as much. A lot of people don't like this idea, but it can work. And then we've got John Kagan replying to question three saying, yeah, pharma legal te um, teams are not only that enjoy, only not, are not only the ones that enjoy listening to someone without a legal degree about legal things. Um, Ryan Benyon replies to question three saying, it usually comes to, we don't have enough budget or there isn't enough search volume. There are random fires you have to put out, but usually the pushback comes because they aren't seeing their desired ROAS or revenue numbers. Data storytelling solves most issues. Scott, um, Ostermala replies in um, to question one saying, in a past role, helping service business franchise owners adopt PPC, telling them it's the new equivalent of the yellow pages, seeing many of them experience double digit percentage growth year over year by showing up more often. Interesting. Um, Margustafson replies to question four, even saying for the peep, for the group I was working with, they, they expressed a lot of value to clients in the action they were talking um, where it needs to be largely the results. Shifting thinking shifting thinking, or building confidence was huge. People will take risks if the reward is equals to less heavy manual work. LOL. And as Mark has already answered that question, I'm actually going to give what it is because Twitter is hiding it from me for some very weird reason. Um, so the question was, what was the biggest lesson you took away from this successful initiative? So that's question four, which was, what was the biggest lesson you took away from this successful initiative? Um, and then actually going on to question five straight away, we've got Julie asking, what is an example of something you tried that just didn't work? I hate calling it a failure because I think we can learn from everything we do even when it really does not work. So yes, I do definitely believe in that. It might not be a failure. It's just about testing things. And I'd say that something that I've experienced um, with my team before was when we um, took Google's advice in um, changing our target CPA for auction time bidding that we're doing in SA360. Um, and yeah, it just um, really shot up our spends, but applications and um, our conversions did not follow suit. So yes, it's something I've really taught my um, 
my, my team to do to actually always take Google's advice with a pinch of salt and don't, don't just go, okay, Google suggested that, so I'm going to implement it. So always be careful about when you're increasing target CPA to work, um, to try to, you're trying to increase volume, but just, just to make sure you're very careful with it because sometimes the spend will increase, but application won't. Um, and then we've got, um, who is it? So we've got Julie starting um, off with an answer saying I was working with a client in the financial sector. Their print ads are all, it had images of unhappy or stressed out people. They wanted to use them for PPC. Those images did not work well in the digital space. Campaigns did very poorly. Client was dissatisfied. Um, Scott Ostermeller replies to question five doing a part one for it saying had a best, had a beast of a time getting shopping ads to perform for an e-commerce client continue to trying to optimize for months without realizing that they didn't have matte pricing laid out for some of their vendors. They were killing me and the client on a price. John Kagan replies to question four, saying, if you're willing to read through government red tape and documentation, you can find oh so many loopholes. Julie Bicini replies to question five, going doing a part one, saying, had another client who had major website issues they had no interest in fixing, but wanted to run PPC anyway. Guess how those results turned out? So yeah, you PPC's main job is to drive the traffic. If you do not have a good website, it's not going to drive good conversions at all. And then we've got Mark Gustafson replying to question five, saying lots of figuring out how to position different businesses, when in reality the companies are not paying for that. If a company cannot explain a compelling reason to take action, then there's no way in hell I can either. Steve Gibson replies to question five, saying, um, I listened to all those website behavior gurus who said asking customers to register to buy reduces sales, persuaded a client who was forcing reg registration to split test allowing guests check out. That version converted 31% worse. Oops. So yeah, I guess, again, that is something that's not that it didn't work. It's just a learning. And um, yeah, it's not a failure. I think it's just about knowing what work and what wouldn't work in the future. John Kagan replies to question five saying bidding on an agent adjacent category keywords to drive awareness backfiring as an un is an understatement. I felt shame. John Kagan replies to um, question six, but before that, I'll actually give you question six, which is um, Julie asking, were you trying something totally new to you or going against conventional wisdom or following a platform's advice. So in answer to question six, we've got John Kagan replying, we thought we were being edgy and thinking outside the box. Turns out there was a reason why others didn't take this approach. But sometimes you don't know for sure, 100% sure until you test. So I still, you know, do a big props to John Kagan for testing that. So going back to the thing that he did, actually thought was that had gone wrong, his answer to question five said, bidding on adjacent category keywords to drive awareness. Backfiring is an understatement. Um, so yeah, we've got some Steve Gibson replying to question six. I was very much going with conventional wisdom. Afterwards, I realized few of these split testing gurus were actually running split tests. Most of them were just parroting what they heard from others. Yeah, sometimes clients, um, the advice that you actually read online is not exactly 
the advice that you should be taking. And then given question seven, seven here, Julie Bicini goes, what was the biggest lesson you took away from this unsuccessful initiative? And Steve replies to that saying that a lot of big names gurus are just making shit up. That's disappointing to actually hear about. Um, and we'll also give you question eight here. Julie asks, what is the what is the biggest roadblock you face in making your PPC efforts as successful as you think they could be? How do you try to overcome it? And I'll definitely say one of the big, two of the biggest things are the client and sometimes Google, because Google only just wants you to spend more money. And sometimes you're actually trying to test things to make things efficiently better. I'm also give question nine, where question nine goes, what piece of advice would you give someone or did someone give you when it comes to success of failures in PPC. I think, yeah, one of the biggest things that I actually gave in terms of um, advice to people when when them, they've seen something go wrong is that is fail quick, learn quick, you know? So know, know the timeline, know what has gone wrong and own it. Do not try to cover it up. Do not go to a client going, oh, yes, I, you know, I think something's gone wrong. Just say that, look, we tried to test something. It didn't work. We fix things back. We know what to not do next time. And we'll make sure that we keep on pushing your performance and working hard for your performance. Scott Ostermiller then replies to question eight saying, time, there simply aren't enough hours in the day to give everything the attention I want to. My best advice to overcome it is to be as structured with your schedule as possible. Make the rounds, get other people to look at it and set up automated alerts. I like the whole getting other people to look at it. Sometimes when you're looking at your work too much, you miss things. You'll undoubtedly miss things and new fresh of eyes, um, a fresh new pair of eyes will catch things that you've missed and just make you look good. Steve Gibson replies to question eight saying clients finding smarter clients. Yes, sometimes clients just want you to do the wrong thing for no good reason. Um, Colin Slattery replies to question eight saying clients, sometimes it's clients that don't want to let you test things that you know will work. Sometimes it's clients who go into their accounts and nitpick every detail or want everything explained. I try to get them get them internalized when they hire a pro for a reason. Um, John Kagan replies to question seven saying, don't let a gut feeling define an action when all actual data indicates this won't work in advance. Don't bring your gut to a data fight. I agree. If your gut, if the data matches your gut, yay, tell them that gut feeling, you know, this is going to work, but make sure you have the data to back it up. Um, Julie Bicini replies to question 18, clients can be their own worst enemy when they wouldn't view working with a PPC pro as a partnership when the specific biz knowledge plus my PPC expertise equals to best case for successful PPC endeavor, endeavors. If they can't get there, it can't work long term for me. John Kagan replies to question 18, conservative, scared clients, they all want to try something cool and extreme, but way too often when they find out possible ramifications of out-of-the-box efforts, they back down quickly. Um, Julie then goes on to um, answer question, um, another part of question 8, um, Champagne, well, gives another um, answer to question 8, saying Champagne tastes on a beer budget is a pretty big roadblock too. So yeah, champagne tastes on a beer budget is a pretty big roadblock too. So that's pretty much a way of saying 
people wanting the moon and the stars and they want to test loads of different things, but they don't have the budget to test all those wonderful new things. So having a reality check about what things will cost to do well is necessary, even if it means you don't get the project. Scott Oster Miller replies to question nine saying, live for the algorithm, but never trust it completely. Two, ask my wife what she typed to search for something. Three, make sure you totally understand your client's business models before you start building. You may miss big things if you don't. Yes, we've started doing a little bit of that. I had a done, I'm doing, I've been doing a restructure for a client and um, yeah, and what we're doing is asking them to censor check the keywords and they've even gone have you guys not even checked the website yet because it looks like you guys are suggesting a whole bunch of keywords that are not within our business model so yes knowing what the client's business model is very important John Kagan replies to question nine as well, saying asking for forgiveness instead of permission, especially in a regulated vertical, is a terrible idea. Sure with data and you might not get kicked out of the room. Julie Bettini replies to question nine, saying don't blindly trust tools. Tools can be amazing, but you have to know how to use them and verify what they are telling you is not way off. So, yeah, definitely that's the example I gave with one of my colleagues tested something because the tool said that you should test it this way and we just saw saw a total huge spike in cost but not um not a spike in applications at all applications increased but it really dropped our cpa it really spiked up our cpa even um and she continues you are the expert act like it that is why you're in the room or on the call etc steve gibson replies to question nine as well saying if you're only optimizing your ppc but you're not optimizing your strategy you're probably missing out on most of your profits colin slattery replies going don't listen to google reps they likely have less experience than you and their goals are not your goals learn from the other experts in the industry and don't trust google they are looking out for google not for you and yeah, we've got some good stories there. And that's the end of our chats today. Um, although I felt that a lot of people, no, a lot of people um, joined in and we could have gotten a lot more nicer, juicier stories about successes and things that, that have been tested and have not gone as planned. Um, but yeah, I feel it's really important that we share some of these stories. You know, it helps other people learn and it also gives, gives you, you know, allows you to look back about some of the good work that you've done and gives other people tips on how to do testings. So yeah, I hope um, you found this task, um, this talk very useful today and took some great takeaways there on, you know, things to avoid and things to try out and tests. Um, and if you want um, to get to talk more about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solution, do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com. And remember, for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So, Keep your songs kicking. Bye.